Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with. Excuse me. You are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole. Will T and Ray Jeezy, we are also parts of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. What's going on, fellas? Hey, all is well, my friend. What's good with you? Will T. Is Will T in the building? Oh, actually, I'm sorry. He's not. Oh. Will T, my bad. Will T, <laughs> now we're good. Will T. Yeah, I'm good, man. No complaints here. <laughs> my bad. I, no, we're good, man. I had your mic up. I had your mic down. That's my fault, my man. All good, man. All good. You know what I'm saying? Did, did you enjoy All Star Weekend, F- fellas? I mean, did y'all? Um, uh, no, not really. Not really. <laughs> you know what? I honestly um, was cool with it. Go ahead, Will. My bad. No, the the dunk contest. I I, just <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. it. Didn't have that um like it usually has in years past. And then you know, Carl Anthony Towns winning a three point contest. Uh, I thought that was dope. I thought that was dope. I mean, Don't hate. <laughs> I'm not hating. He put on he put on a, he put on a hell of a performance. Yeah. Right? Um. Hitting, I, I I believe it was like 29 points in the last in the last round. So yeah. he put on a hell of a performance. But just as it, this weekend just didn't excite me. Like uh, weekends have passed. I feel you. I feel you. Bay. Um. Amplifier Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Conn Report, hosted by ESPN Washington. Well, excuse me, I'm the Washington Football Team Insider. I keep saying Washington Football Team, Washington Commanders <laughs> Insider John Conn. I know. Go ahead, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> and Jones Football, hosted by US Today Insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Uh, this show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in the in local news and health in the DMV. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. And don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. <laughs> and hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Just search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Hey, Will T. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. All right, here's what we have on tap. Former Wilson High School head basketball coach and current athletic director of Digital Pioneers Academy Charter School, Angelo Hernandez, will join the show to discuss several topics, including NBA All-Star Weekend and Patrick and Patrick Hewins recruitment, recruiting dilemma at Georgetown at 830, founder and CEO of Project Give Back, and Howard alum Ransom Miller III will join the show to continue our discussion about the resurgence of HBCUs. Finally, we'll talk about Ryan Zimmerman retiring. Uh, but first, right now we have former Wilson High School head basketball coach and current athletic director of Digital Pioneers Academy Charter School, Angelo Hernandez on the line. What's going on, Angelo? Uh, what's up, gentlemen, man? I appreciate you guys having me uh, once again. It's always a pleasure. 
um, to come on and talk some sports with you guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's been almost a year since you last joined the show, and it sounds like a lot has changed for you since your last appearance on the Urban Sports Scene. So let our listeners know all that you have going on currently and how you ultimately became the athletic director at Digital Pioneers Academy Charter School, which is located in Southeast Washington, D.C. Yeah, man, a lot of change. Um, just uh, I thought it was time to step down from Wilson. Uh, I did a lot in the 15 years that I was there, uh, as the eight years as an assistant, seven years as six years as an assistant, mm. and then you know about eight, almost nine, as a head coach. Um, wasn't nothing really left for me to do, but besides step down and pass the torch to someone that was there with me majority of the way, um, and Coach Johnson, who did a wonderful job this year. Um, leading those guys to shoot an undefeated record, Ooh. I believe. Wow. Um, and winning the city championship, you know, bringing it back home for four out of five years. Um, and so, you know, that's what I did. And I stepped down. I went to Dunbar for a little bit mm-hmm. uh, where I did a stint from August to November as the athletic director there. And um, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it, man. Um, I couldn't wrap my mind around not coaching mm. um and you know once you get out of something that you've been doing and you're passionate about it it's really hard to stay away from it. yeah <laughs> so, facts facts you know <laughs> i found myself ooh, going through a little withdrawal a little <laughs> depression um uh, you know just being honest man it's uh-huh. just uh it was tough so um there was some other things going on um inside the school that just didn't line up with my beliefs uh-huh. and so i decided to to step down from that as well and um, go over to Digital Partners Academy where I thought they had a solid plan to build a program from scratch. They don't have an athletic program at all. And um, oh. decided to go over here. And, um, you know, they have sixth and ninth grade. Um, it is in Southeast over by Eastern Market Metro Station. Mm-hmm. Um, off, it's actually off 12th Street, but... So I've been over here since November 22nd, sometimes, something like that. Um, so I've been over here since then and just kind of been trying to get stuff off the ground. But with COVID, you know, it's like every time COVID, you know, COVID hits. Well, it did hit. It's not hitting right now. <laughs> um, but it's definitely different, man. This school tests every week, every Friday. Wow, every wow. kid in the school gets tested. Every adult wow. gets tested. Wow. Uh, which I think is great, you know, if you can afford to do that. So that's what I'm currently doing right now. Um, I do have some other things in the making that I can't speak about as of yet, um, but I do have some things that I'm working on to get back into the game. I'll probably be back in the game as a head coach at, at, at a school very, 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 very soon. Nice. Nice. Are, are you still coaching uh, Team Durant? Um, I actually stepped away from that as well. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I took a hiatus year where I just took off, man. I wow. Took, okay. I just took off from everything, man. Uh-huh. I needed some time to get some stuff together um, with some other parts of my life. Uh-huh. And um, that, I mean, that's what I did, man. That, that's kind of <laughs> what I did right there. <laughs> I kind of just just left it. I don't want to say left it, but I did. I just left it uh-huh. and took a, took a, a, a large break. So, yeah. Sounds like I said it just said it sounds like it. And you you know, you you raising a son, so I know you're gonna be invested into him 
and his education and his whatever he plans to go into. I don't know if he hoops already, but you but still got work. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I've been doing that and running around with him a little bit more, watching him play, you know, and uh, doing some stuff with, with that group. So, you know, getting back into the camp life, that's kind of what it really was, too. So, But we'll see. We'll see in the next couple of weeks. It'll be, be another story. We'll see. So, so you're not that old, but you were at Wilson for a long time. But we're going to go back a little bit to your hooping days. <laughs> You know, you you played collegially for A&T, which is HBC of HBCU, of course. And this past weekend Absolutely. during NBA All-Star Weekend, the NBA put HBCUs on display by featuring the men's basketball programs from Morgan, of course, Howard, and the inaugural HBCU Classic Game. As an HBCU Absolutely. alum and former player, what are your thoughts on this movement and were you able to catch the game? Well, I caught some of the game. I was moving around a lot, but I caught some of the game. I was at, I was actually at camp this weekend doing a camp with uh, Marquee Hoops. Um, mm. But I caught some of the game. Uh, my son kept me updated on what was going on because he, he definitely watched the game with nice. me soon. Called me after during the game, Dad, I want to go to All-Star Weekend next year. I said, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but definitely love what I see for the HBCUs, man. I wish it was around when I, when I got, when I was there. Of course. Um, the only part of it I know we had was Jordan uniforms back then. So, you know, they were really heavy into A&T. Um, but I really like the stuff I see. I, I, actually, I was at a Wizards game the other day and they brought out, um, two, two, two teams as well, you know, yeah. um, to showcase mm-hmm. them at halftime and, I really like what I see, man. I really like how Chris Paul promotes them, like, all the time. He posts promoting the HBCU. Um, and a lot of the NBA players are doing cheap. The NBA is doing it. But that's, I mean, that's special to me. Because I tell kids all the time, man, listen, a you can go there and be good, man. You, you know, it's a special place um, for some people. And uh, I'm really excited about what they're doing. I can't wait to see what's next, to be honest. I'm trying to get involved. <laughs> hey, we all graduates on this show of HBCU, so we're excited as well. You and me, that's got a long way to go. Anyway, that's a stop, whole other discussion. Don't stop mentioning this. Well, dude. Well, don't, do, don't do that to uh, us, right, man. Anyway. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, we actually have a kid, a uh, coach from Team Durant at, at, at University of Maryland Eastern Shore right now. And, uh, oh, oh doing okay. spectacular as a freshman. And I'm excited to see that he's putting on for the HBCUs and, and Chase Davis doing a phenomenal job there um, with, with playing and playing against big teams and just stepping up. And people think they got to go to big schools to be seen. Well, he's getting seen all over the national TV just by doing what he's doing. So it's definitely exciting to see that. Hey, I'm glad you said that. It's uh, like a per- – oh, go ahead, Will, my bad. No, I was going to say, Coach, you actually <laughs> right. had a perfect segue into our next question. Um, as a coach and athletic director, what is your advice to high school athletes considering HBCUs as an option for furthering their education as well as playing, continuing to pursue their dreams of playing sports at the next level? I mean, you know, what I, what I would tell them, and as I do all the time, is you, you don't knock them until you try it, right? You, people say, oh, it's in the MEAC, and then you see all the HBCUs move into different conferences because they're just doing that. Like, the coaches and the athletic directors at the college are seeing like, man, we can compete with these guys, man. They, you know, they make a mockery of our league, but we really can compete. Um, what I also would tell them is that you can't, there's nothing like the culture of an HBCU. Like you can't, you're not going to get it anywhere else. Um, and that is the experience that I would never 
take away from going to A&T. Uh, you know, I'm a Philly guy, so it was very different going down there. People were so friendly. I mean, you know, usually when you're walking down the street in Philly, you look at somebody, they like, what you looking at? You <laughs> but in Greensboro, it's a big college town. You got Bennett, you got UNCG, Greensboro College. You got all these schools right next to A&T. So it just was felt like, you know, it was like a big community, even though it wasn't home. It felt like home. So you can't beat the culture. And then when the sports is just on point as it is now, you know, with A&T, especially A&T, like football, track. I was just reading some, you know, they got three gold medals. Um, you know, the, the girls making the, the, the NCAA tournament, the boys making the tournament, you know. And soon what I want to see is them. Um, Stop putting them as a 16 seed, you know, yes. or a 15 seed. Yes, man. You know, giving yes. Them, giving them an opportunity, you know. Yeah. Who want to play Duke or Texas? Yes. Who want to play, play them? Who want to do that? That's not fair. Right. Right. So I really challenge them to to check it out. Go visit. Like we're back open a little bit, so go visit. Like and then see. Like yes, it's it's not a it's it's. People think that you can't get the same education, but you can. And and you, but you get so much more as an African American young man or or a young woman. Just check it out. Like, don't be naive to what they have to offer because that same stuff that you can get at these other schools, you definitely can get at the HBCUs. And I, I definitely am a proud supporter of it. I tell everybody, go visit A and T. Go go mm-hmm. visit Greensboro because it's a life changing experience. I also tell them to go to homecoming, the best homecoming on earth. You know, Jiho, um, you know, over a million people come from everywhere to go to homecoming. It's amazing. Well, you said the best, the homecoming. best homecoming. I don't know about that, but, you Look, know. I'm it, not going to be biased. Hey, that, hey, that's H-U. How, <laughs> how would, and you and me has got something to say about that. But, look, you no, know no, what? No, hey, re- represent. Talk. You and me has, no, we'll talk. You and me don't got nothing to know how it go for No, we don't, but, but still, when we were the only one in February, yeah, we facts. would go. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were the only one in February. Yes, right. That's, too, that's hey, right. But, <laughs> but. Also, I'm just going to throw this tidbit in there because, you know, Will T, he went to Morgan. We went to UMES. Also encouraged the man just to be cool with everybody. No matter if you're, if somebody from New York, Baltimore, man, everybody come together at HBCU versus, Absolutely. you know, segregated, man. It was crazy when I was there. Yes. Again, I, and, and we, we might be a little bit older than you, but, um, <laughs> by the way, my, hey, somebody already chimed in and said HU is the greatest homecoming on the planet. Listen, I agree with that. And, and that, that's somebody who's going to join us shortly. So. You and me has got, got his time, man. Look, we, we shouldn't have moved our homecoming now to November. I that was, was dumb. That was dumb. Anyway. <laughs> but we were special, now we're not. I don't, I don't want to get too far off topic, um, of course, because obviously, um, All-Star Weekend had a lot of different festivities. And one of them, of course, was the league celebrating the 75th anniversary celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the players honored was Patrick Ewan, who you know is the, is the head coach at Georgetown. The Hoyas are, mm-hmm. I mean, they're having their worst season in, in program history. Let's just say it. And Angelo, you mm-hmm. were recently quoted in the ESPN article in what you stated, quote, I think that Georgetown should get back to those graces by doing a better job in our area. Sometimes I wonder how they, meaning the, the top recruits, get out of here. Uh, can you expound upon this a bit? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was talking to Myron um, just about, you know, my time at Wilson, you know, just like what I saw my time with Team Durant and coaching what I would call high-level guys on both ends, right? And I look at Georgetown and it's, it's Georgetown. Like, I, coming up, I'm like, who wouldn't want to go to Georgetown? Like, it's, come on. It's, 
Georgetown. Um, <laughs> so true. And, and, but I look at, you know, to me, in my opinion, how many times they were in my gym. You know, when I had guys like the Mitchell Twins mm. and Dominguez Stevens and Jay Heath, you know, where, you know, then you got Darren Buchanan Jr. who comes up next behind them and a four-year guy, you know, who played varsity, who's been to Georgetown and played on campus multiple times. You know, I wouldn't say it's that they, they're not in the gym because they definitely are in the gym. I see Georgetown everywhere, you mm-hmm. know, at games. I see Coach Kirby, who is a, is a good friend of mine, everywhere. I see Patrick Ewing everywhere. You know, I recently saw them at the, the Wilson-McKinley game um, over, when they played each other. And, you know, then I saw the offer come to Darren Buchanan Jr. And it kind of hit me. And it, it hurt me a little bit because I'm like, this kid been around for four years. Mm. Like this kid has played on every high level, and he's right here in our backyard. He 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 yearns to be a hometown hero. But how can you be a hometown hero if the hometown colleges aren't recruiting you the way that the other schools are recruiting you? And you know, it kind of hurt me a little bit, man. Um, because you know, when he got the offer and we were discussing it, it was like, Coach, Georgetown offer," and I'm like, "Yeah, they did." And I always ask the question, you know, I always tell them, the kids, I tell any kid, always go with the girl that's, that's loving you, not the one that you sleep with. over. No, you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> you know how it is, man. You go with this girl sweeping at the end and like, you're like, oh my God. What? what? And, but then it'd be the girl there the whole time that got your back and it supports you with everything. And then you just kick her to the curb. And then when it don't work out with the other one, you try to run back to the other. It just, I just don't like when people do that. That's why our transfer portal is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do sum it up and say, man, just, it's gotta get, like, and it's not, well, we're speaking about Georgetown, but it's all of the schools. Like, all of the home, hometown schools have to do a better job. Like, hmm, I had three kids at Maryland, three kids and an assistant mm-hmm. coach at Maryland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it just wasn't right, you know. When whew, I didn't speak on that anyway, um, <laughs> you know, Georgetown has to do a better job, man. George, they have to do a better job at at giving out the offers, just taking the chance. Because when I see this offer come out, it is it, it's like, damn, it's Georgetown. You got a Georgetown offer, you need to check it out. But you know, I even look at the Terrence Williams thing when he committed to Georgetown, but then they ended up going to Michigan. You know, it's like, why are people doing this? Like, why are yeah. people afraid to stay home and be a superstar in their own right? But then it's sometimes I'm like, damn, a kid doesn't want to stay home because Georgetown is smack dead in the middle of D.C. So it's like, what do you do? I mean, not in the middle of D.C., but it's in Georgetown, of course. But it's really... It's really, they have to really get back to the ground and just taking chances on some of these kids and looking at, okay, this kid is going to be really good. I'm going to invest in him. Mm-hmm. Because I look at how I recruit. I recruit yearly. Like, I just, it's not going to take a month. You might get one where it take you a month to get a kid, but it's, it's going to take time sometimes. You know, when Jay Heath came back to Wilson, he was at O'Connor for two years. Mm-hmm. And my relationship never stopped with that young man because I'm like, okay, you just never know what's going to happen. And that and that's the way that I believe that just they have to recruit. They have to, like, hit the ground running. He, George Washington, probably does the best recruiting of the area, yeah. to be honest, um, with our local kids. You know, look at Brian Freeman. He's 
<laughs> killing the A10 right now <laughs> at GW. You know, Andy mm-hmm. Samuels comes back home and is killing it. You know, Ricky Lindo's there, my guy's there. Mm-hmm. It's just guys there that are showing that if they were home, they would do well. Look at look at Philadelphia and how they're taking over Maryland. You know, it's like four Philly guys right now on Maryland's team that are all starting. You know, and that that says a lot about you know what Philly has to offer. But why aren't any DC guys on the team or, or, or part of that process for Maryland, Virginia? You know, it just has you can't lose kids. And then you know, how do you make up for that? So they have to do a better job of just taking a chance on these kids. That's what I don't see. I see offers coming out, but I see them coming out so late. Mm. Angelo, I have a follow-up question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, for parents who are kind of advising their kids, trying to weigh the options on, you know, which school to pick, outside mm-hmm. of the educational um, aspect of it, what would what advice would you give those parents who are trying to consult, you know, a 17-year-old on a life, on probably their biggest life decision they've made thus far? You know, it, it really depends on the parents, to be honest, because you have a lot of parents who have played the game, who've been through the old era, right? They were around when Georgetown was great, the Georgetown days, and they were around when Maryland won the national championship. And so they're looking at that as like, well, it's kind of slighted, especially when you have a, a top kid that can play at that level. You're looking at it like, well, why they ain't all for my son? And then when they finally do, you kind of feel slighted. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's hard to do. So I love parents who don't have any knowledge. Um, and you really can, it's almost like raising a baby, right? And you have to teach them to crawl and teach them, hey, go on that visit. Don't knock them because of what you see or what you read. Go on a visit and see what they really have to offer before you say no. Um, like I always tell people when Ricky Lindo had his first couple of visits, um, to every Ivy League school. Like, we went to every, we visited every Ivy League school, and I was amazed at how they, how they recruit and what the packages that they put together because they don't have athletic scholarships. Like, I was amazed at the academic part of what they had to offer. So I always tell parents, man, go on those visits. Make sure you do your research. Don't listen to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to the Internet. Really dig down and say, hey, this is this is something that we need to take a look at. This is going to be for my son. I can't, like, we can give advice but as a parent, but we can't ultimately say you need to go here because of this. When those parents don't have to live on campus, they don't have to play, all they have to do is show up and be happy for their child. So my, my thing was I always tell them to do research, like, and ask any question. A lot of times in the visits, Parents won't ask questions, and I, I don't like that because then that lets the coaches off the hook. It lets them get away from stuff that they know, like when they're recruiting, they don't want to say. But if the parent asks, then they can know up front and make a better decision. So I always give them uh, questions that they can ask, you know, like, hey, you know, how do do you have an academic coordinator? Because that's what most parents want to know. How are you going to take care of my child when I'm not here? Um, I had one parent ask, you know, can, do you have an extra dorm for me? So I can come too, but that was that's a whole other thing. But it's really hard to educate some parents on, on this process because they go into it thinking they they know everything. And but you do have some parents who who just want to learn the process, man. And I and I appreciate those people. But I would tell them to make, just keep researching, keep researching because colleges change every day. Mm-hmm. St. Joe's might be bad one day, and then the next year they great. You want to go there? So it just 
one of those things that you have to do a lot of research for. So, so Angelo, we actually have a question. Um, Nywan Hall has a question for you. Uh, he said, what advice do you have uh, for the upcoming kids wanting to hoop in AAU leagues? But uh, there were, I mean, there are uh, so many teams to choose from. How, how do you go about choosing an AAU team? Uh, what should parents kn- uh, know as, the, uh, as, the enter, as they enter the world of AAU? He said, "What's my current what at the AAU?" So you said, uh, "Sorry, you said what? What advice do you have for the upcoming kids wanting to hoop in AAU leagues? But there are so so many teams to choose from. How do you go about choosing an AAU team? And what should parents know as the as they enter the world of AAU?" Well, what I would say about the AAU world is that um, it's not really choosing; you're chose. Right. So, mm. you know, I tell kids and what I would do, what I'm doing with my son is just keeping them in the gym, you know, keep them working out, keep them working on the fundamentals, you know, keep them watching basketball. Like a lot of people think AAU is something that it's not like I always tell kids in any aspect of basketball, search for a coach that's going to believe in you. Stop going for the names like the like no disrespect to um, any of the teams that are out here, but you have to find a coach that is going to invest in you because it could be a small-level mom-and-pop AAU team that gets you to the next level. I look at what um, what Coach Doug is doing with, with his program, who's not a sponsored program but has multiple kids picking up Division One offers, and he's doing it from an aspect of training these kids, training, 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 training. And then I look at the Team Durant thing that I was dealing with um, and, you know, how we handpick our kids. Mm-hmm. based off of their talent level. Um, but it starts when you're really young. It starts at the age of six and even probably five. You know, my son has had a ball in his hand since he was two. Mm-hmm. And just getting him familiar with it, you know, not really just something crazy, just introduction. Like, hey, this is a jab step or, hey, this is a pump fake or something that, you know, I take him up to Pat the Rock um, probably twice a week. His mom helps take him up here as well. Mm-hmm. And he just learning the fundamentals. Um, and I, so I think the AAU world is a, I mean, you have to look at it for what it is. It's a billion-dollar business. Mm. It is what it is. You can't take it away from it that it produces pros sometimes, but it also produces college players who, who play at the highest level. And so what I, my advice to parents would be just, just keep training. Keep, keep them in the gym. Keep their minds to where they know basketball. They can eat, eat and sleep it. But don't get so caught up into it where you like, I got to play on this team. I got to play. I got to do this. Let them have fun. Um, because the minute it starts being fun and starts to become a business for them, then they need not do it anymore. Um, but I do think it starts at a young, very young age. And then you don't really choose. They choose you. Gotcha. You want them to come after you the same way that high schools would come after you. Angelo, we always appreciate just how real you are, man. And we're going to be real now. <laughs> we're going to have a little fun. We only got like two minutes left though. So okay. uh, let's try to be as quick as possible. But at the same time, I got to get, I got to get another real answer out of you. And, and of course, I told you this before the show. Uh, we were going to mention Jawan Howard. By now you've seen the incident without saying any names. Have you ever wanted to physically harm another coach? <laughs> because we realized at the last show how real the politics still are and, and just youth athletics, man, because you got some haters out there. Have you ever gotten to that point where you wanted to, but you had to restrain yourself? I know you wanted to fight a ref before. I, I've watched you in action, so. <laughs> I have too. I'm I have too. <laughs> Man, I had one instance with a coach that I regret. Um, mm. To where I did want to, I mean, both of us were kind of just 
at that point, like, man, we, we, we have to see each other, you know, and it should never get there. Um, but I was at that point, and that was a point where I was. It, it all stemmed from me being assistant coach under my head coach and how our program wasn't doing as well in the beginning years of Wilson. Like in my second year, they were beating up on us, and, you know, they were still pressing us when we when they were up like 30 points. And I was like, hold up, this, this is some BS, but I'm not going to forget. And so mm. lo and behold, you know, when I took over the head coach, I ain't forget. You know, so he was winning about 30 and 40 points, and he was getting mad at me, cursing at me, mm. and doing this and doing that. Um, and so, you know, we got into a verbal altercation across from, across the benches, and, you know, they had to come in between us. And I regret that. You know, I regret it wholeheartedly because it, it should never come to that because we are we are mentors for these kids. They look at us because I know if I throw a punch, all my kids doing throw a punch for me mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be a free for all. And that that that's the bad part about it is that they look up to us to react and you know. And I had and I had to I had to think about that. And so you know I actually apologized to him a couple of years ago um, about it. And you know I would never want that something like that to happen again because it just takes away from the game. It disrespects our game. Um, no matter how angry you are or upset. It can never come to where anybody puts hands on each other at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Angel, we gotta have you back on so we can rap later. I mean, about some, some other things, man. Yeah, I might hit you up on, on a personal level because I got a nine year old son and he's kind of a mama's boy, man. Maybe you can teach him something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, we'll get with that, you, man. man. Let me know. He already he already he already goes to school in Southeast so, too, man. That's so hop, skip, and a jump, bro. I basketball. You just go. You go to the light skin coach. That's messed up. Okay. I, go to the, I go to the coach that's closer. <laughs> And, and you see, he, he out here winning championships, man. You won one. Anyway, hey, real talk. We're going to have you back on. Hopefully something in person, man. We'll catch you in the future. But, hey, appreciate you as always, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care, man. Appreciate you. You too. I mean, that was dope. Uh, I'm trying to find this. Are other guests? No, we're still waiting on our guests. Okay. That was great, man. Hey, Will T, I want to get your opinion on the Juwan Howard situation, man. What was your thoughts on it, man? Will T. Probably has it on mute. <laughs> I had the guys on mute. I knew I told you. <laughs> no, I think I think it was class. I think it was classless. I think it was classless. All right. Um, from both left and both sides. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh. Well, I mean, Ray, do you want to introduce our, our, our guest? Absolutely. I thought we were taking a commercial break, but no, we, 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 fly, <laughs> we fly straight through. So as y'all always know, I, I say this constantly, but I, I really mean it. It's always a pleasure to introduce our guest on this show. And when I saw this individual's resume, I was simply just blown away. His resume is so extensive. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I wish I could share every detail. But of course, I'm going to give you the condensed version. As our guest has an amazing background in athletics and charitable work, which dates back to the late 80s and early 90s, where this brother was a three-sport athlete at Millwood High School in Oklahoma City, which in part will precede him in bringing his many talents to the Howard University, HU, where he became a key member of the Bison football team while earning numerous accolades. Our guest achievements include all MEAC first-team honors in 1992, academic all MEAC Honors in 1990 through 1992, as well as an academic All-American team selection in 1992. Our guests were going to graduate cum laude and later founded a community service organization entitled Project Give Back, which would, for over two decades, 
has served as a community uh, just resource here in the Washington, D.C. area by providing holiday meals to thousands of families, as well as children's toys and books and even Christmas trees to those in need. Honestly, that's just a snapshot of the great work over at Project Give Back. You know, I can't even go into further detail right now, just in words, but it's just so amazing. By all accounts, this brother is also just a strong man of faith, as well as an amazing husband and father. And an additional thing I love about this dude personally is that even though he attended HU Howard, he still made his way to UMES for homecoming. So, <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Urban yes. Sports Team, Mr. Ransom Miller the Third. Brother, thanks for joining us. Hey man, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> I, I I gotta start by I listened to the brother, uh, yeah. the coach at Wilson, yeah. uh, the former coach at Wilson, uh-huh. and I, I gotta I gotta I gotta say something. What's up? He mentioned the greatest homecoming. Bro, I, I had to stop him too, man. I had to stop him too, bro. So, I had to stop him too. <laughs> so, with all due with all due respect, brother, <laughs> it's the great. You gotta add two more um, letters on that. The greatest homecoming on earth. It's Steph Howard. Howard, you you good. And I will say, the springtime uh, homecoming, y'all had that on lock. Oh, ain't no. Oh, he know about spring break. He know about it. He know about the The festival. (laughs) The first time time that I went, y'all had Wu-Tang and uh, Tribe, I think. Let's go. Let's go. In the same concert. And we, we looked up. And, and got backstage in, in the classroom with them. Mm-hmm. That was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I know we did. We, we're dope. Well, we appreciate the love. You know we love HU. Everybody loves Howard Homecoming. Yeah, we do. We do. I mean, I have a homegirl who kind of, like, brags about HU too much to me, but <laughs> it is what it is. I understand. I appreciate Howard. I do. I really do. You know what I'm saying? I love Howard Hospital, too, for some strange reason. Oh, gosh. I used to work there. So yeah. Great. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> the North Carolina A&T Homecoming. Is legit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. So it's Hamptons. very legit. <laughs> oh, Hamptons. Hamptons uh, is awesome. Hampton is good, too. Hamptons pretty good, too. Hey, go to an HBCU. That, that's the moral of the story. It right is. There. really is. Hey, before, yeah. before we get started with the sports discussion, can you tell our listeners more about your organization, Project Give Back? Yeah, sure. So Project Give Back is a community service organization. Uh, we started in 1995, and it started out just, you know, a few brothers giving back to the community and making sure that the Thanksgiving was a little brighter for some some families in the Washington, D.C. area. And over the years, it turned into a full-fledged community service organization that has hundreds of volunteers touching thousands of families every year. Um, it, it's been a, a labor of love. It's been something that uh, we built, and now it's not just the Ransom Show anymore. It's not just my show, mm-hmm. we have, you know, a lot of people that are engaged and, and taking ownership into what we do, why we do it. Um, but basically, man, it's, it's the opportunity for professionals and people in general to, to give back to, to the community. And I've always, I've always said that, um, you know, I've been blessed my entire life. I don't even, I don't ever think I've been hungry. Like maybe when I was in college, I was a little hungry when when I missed the calf. The calf might have closed the system. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't have any money. I mean, that yeah, kind of, yeah. I was a little oh, yeah. hungry. But true hunger, I don't think I've ever experienced. Um, but I know people who have. Um, I've been hungry enough to know that that's not a good feeling. Uh-huh. And I don't want that for anybody around me. Um, so, you know, that that's part of the 
the thing that kind of drives me is to make sure that we help other people uh, that may not be in a position to help themselves, but also provide some, some things and some tools uh, to help people uh, throughout the year as well. So amazing. I appreciate you because I, of course, attended an event with you recently and I was just amazed at the work you did, just giving away books to the kids and to see how the kids responded. And you talked to them yeah, about Howard University and <laughs> just just giving them life lessons that are so critical, especially in our inner city. So, brother, I can't express, you know, how much we appreciate you. And, you know, I'm somebody who has done a number of just chari- or a lot of charitable work in my life, man. I would love to partner with you at some point in the future. Um but as I mentioned, yeah, of sure. course, when we introduced you, you were an all-MEAC performer uh, for the HU Bison football team. And you played, I guess, right before, right around the time uh, of the infamous Jay Walker. We have a, a big Jay Walker fan here I, on I the am. USS. I, I grew up, I grew up uh, watching can you, can you talk about your experience <laughs> at playing at Howard, of course, and around that time, the buzz that came with Jay Walker when he came. And, I, I, and also yeah. talk about what homecoming was like back then as well at, at Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I do. I have a lot of stories, man. But I was I was recruited uh, from Oklahoma City uh, mm-hmm. by the Hall of Fame coach uh, Willie Jeffries. Uh, Willie Jeffries uh, was the coach at Howard University in '88, but he was the first black um, head football coach at a D1 program at Wichita State. So I mean, he 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 came up at South Carolina State and was the coach at South Carolina State for years got the opportunity to come in and be the first black coach of a, of a D1 program at Wichita State, and, and the rest is history, right? After he left there at Wichita State, he came to Howard University. And in 87, he won, a, his, I guess, you know, his first Howard University uh, MEAC championship. And then, you know, unfortunately, well, unfortunately for him, he went back home to South Carolina State after my freshman year. Mm. And that's when we got uh, our coach who had just retired from the Denver Broncos, Steve Wilson. Uh, Steve Wilson, if, you, if you're not familiar mm. with him, he uh, he had a heck of a run at Howard University. Uh, and he also had some success at Texas Southern. But he bought in, you know, some players. Um, you know, Coach Jeffries is very well known for bringing in a bunch of great athletes. When I came to Howard University, um, I had multiple D1 offers. Mm. Um, so did most of my my class. Nice. Uh, several people in my class had multiple D1 offers and chose to come to Howard University. Um, and that that's something, as we start talking about what's happening in the landscape of HBCUs and, and Jackson State and, mm-hmm. and Gremlin and, and some of these – kids choosing to go to Howard, that, those things were happening in 88 for sure. Mm. Um, so I am so excited to see those type of decisions being made because, you know, I was recruited with some, by some big schools. Mm. But when I, when I came to Howard University on my recruiting trip, so I probably would not have even considered Howard University. But the running back at my high school, um, he graduated a year before me. He went to Howard. So there was a connection with the team. I knew James. James Carpenter was his name. Um, and, you know, when they show interest in me, I said, oh, let me consider it. Mm. I came on my recruiting trip this time of year 
Howard played A&T on a Saturday at the Burr. I got off the plane. They came to pick me up. My 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 high school friend James Carpenter took me to the quad, and I'd never seen anything like that. Uh, if, for, for those who don't know, the quad is the freshman girl's dog. <laughs> um, yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm just being transparent. I never exactly. seen that many black people. I love it. <laughs> I never, I never seen that many black people gathered together, just hanging out, chilling. Um, not, not. Over I, I had not real. seen that. Oh. Uh, so, and then. Later on, you know, we hung out. They took me to a club called the East Side. I don't know how old y'all are, but if you remember, the East Side was over there where the Nat Stadium is now. And it had three dance floors. It looked a lot different uh, back then. It had reggae music, <laughs> salsa music, and then hip-hop music. And I had never oh, seen man, anything like that before. in my life. Um, so that... That was that was the weekend. The weekend, and then we went to the we stepped in the how the Burr Gymnasium, and the bands were playing. Mm. And A and T, of course, A and T has a huge following in DC, so it was A and T fans and Howard fans just having a good time. Um, we <laughs> probably shouldn't tell this story, but like <laughs> you know, there there may or may not have been like. Gambling on each, each day. Uh, wow. Hey, I feel you. You said allegedly. 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 So, I, I can honestly say after that weekend, I had seen 10 or 12 things I'd never seen. Oh, um, wow. So, you, so, real culture uh, shock. My, my experience, I, when I left, I said, I'm coming to Howard. Like, I, I, I would stay great. Uh, you know, the other schools, great. But I'm coming to Howard. Uh, <laughs> this is where I'm coming, and it's the best best decision I ever made. Uh, mm. I, 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 it's no no regret or anything. I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends played at Big D one schools, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, wow. Iowa State, Big Big Twelve schools, I guess Big Big Eight schools. Then mm-hmm. um, none of them had the experience that I had. None of them. So a quick so follow I, up to that. You know, I mean to cut you off, but. You, your your friends play at these big schools. Do you feel like you had legit opportunities to play at the pro level or players that went to Howard just oh, as much as they did? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. So when when Steve Wilson came to Howard University, most of his staff were either um, they were either NFL scouts or coaches or former players, right? Mm-hmm. So we had we we had the ability to try out. We, we had teams come to Howard University that never came before to work us out individually. So, you know, I had I had an opportunity. I had the look. I got a chance to do, you know, all the, the tests that they do at the big programs. We didn't have a pro day, right? But all of the things that they do. So mm. it, what happened was, we would have a pro day whenever they showed up. Nice. <laughs> I know that's right? right. So Cleveland would come on Monday and the Raiders would come mm-hmm. on Wednesday. We had no idea when they were coming. So it wasn't like, oh, we're going to do a pro day. You're going to run your 40. We ran our 40 when they came. Right. So, you know, I can honestly say I had a shot. And a couple of people out of my class did make it to the league. Tim Watson mm. um, uh, made it to the league. 
played about six years and a couple of years overseas. Nigel Green was a tackle on my team. He made it to the league. So, I mean, we had guys that made it to the league. Um, so that, that was not a regret at all. I mean, I really – and the, to be honest with you, we didn't have that type of recruitment or that type of exposure, I don't think, you know, um, earlier on in Howard's history. So I was blessed to be able to, you know, shoot my shot uh, there. And then you mentioned Jay Walker. Jay Walker came – my <laughs> last year was Jay's first year. Okay. Um, so, you know, we would, you know, <laughs> we – I guess what happened was I think Jay's coach passed away. Mm. So he could go to any school he wanted to, I guess. I don't know if that program folded or, or what at Long Beach State. But I know that there was, his coach passed away, and he was looking for a new school. And I remember Coach Wilson telling me, this guy can change our program. And I was like, really? Who's <laughs> this guy? Like, I know how this guy. And, and he said, no, look, Ransom, look, you guys – you guys got to show him a good time. He Uh-oh. he can change our program. <laughs> I said, well, say no more. Say, as, as, as the young folks say, say less. Say I'm less. Probably, say right, less. That's exactly. Say less. But, but we, yeah, so, but Jay had connections in D.C. Like his father was a Negro, baseball, Negro League baseball player, and one of his, you know, teammates lived in D.C. Uh, currently, um, you know, he had some, some connections here, uh, which which helped us to land him. But that was a big thing because, you know, Jay was a big-time prospect. Jay played base, professional baseball a couple of years before he went to Long Beach State. Dang. So, you know, he was a true athlete uh, coming in, you know, that maybe wouldn't have considered Howard, you know, straight out of school, didn't consider Howard straight out of school, but did when he had an opportunity and made the most of it. Will T. Will. So, who, yeah. so let me ask you this: Who, Who's the Jay Walker fan? Oh, I'm, it's me, uh, Wole for the Urban Sports. I'm the Jay Walker <laughs> fan. I'm on it. I keep okay. it a buck. Okay. I grew up watching. So when I around that time, the Wash well at that time the Washington Redskins. Uh, that's that was the name at the time. They uh, I think when they were they won the Super Bowl. But at that at that time too, Jay Walker was getting a lot of pub from like George Michael Sports Machine out here locally, and he would always kind of feature Jay Walker. So when I when I get the when I watched him, I was like, "Oh, this dude nasty." I actually wanted Washington to draft him because I just thought that from what I you know what I saw in games and you know even on highlights, I was like, "He accurate, he's mobile, he just looked like a quarterback." And I was a Randall Cunningham fan too, and he's just like a dude that could do a lot. Yeah, no, Jay, Jay was a Jay was an athlete. I mean, if you if you look at Jay right now, Jay was a big quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could that could move. He could yeah. play basketball. He, you know, he he could move, but you're not gonna bring Jay down with you know grabbing his jersey. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He was stout in the pocket and was was accurate. But the thing that set Jay apart, like you know, we we argue a lot about who's the best quarterback in Howard University history, and having played with Lita Bowles for probably four years, you guys time, uh-huh. who a quarterback that '87 team, he was just amazing. He was mm-hmm. the option quarterback. Uh-huh. Uh, you couldn't tackle him. You know, he had, you know, MIAC, all MIAC every year, you know, and, you know, but he was, Jay was a different drop back professional set quarterback. Um, and, but what separated Jay from Ted White, who came behind him, 
by the way, he, he's uh, now the uh, the quarterbacks coach at Houston, uh, along with uh, Pep Hamilton, who's also a quarterback at Howard, mm-hmm. who is the offensive coordinator at the Houston Texans. But what sets him apart from the other Greg McGee, Ted, is his leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, not that those guys weren't leaders, but I saw uh, him work to gain the trust of that team that eventually won the national champ- black college national championship mm. the year after I left. Uh, and I think that to me is what separated him uh, from, from those other guys. Ted broke all his records, but Ted played four years, mm-hmm. right? Jay played two. Yeah. Right. Right. So right. I give that nod to Jay, man. <laughs> he was nasty, man. Jay was nasty. Yeah. What's going on? But man? I know you got What's going on. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I, I was just saying, I know you guys were, I wanted to get this in because, you know, I'm excited about what's going on at Howard University. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that's always the case. But I'm also excited on what's going on at these, I love, the Jackson State University. Uh, yeah, uh, for a couple of reasons. Look, look, we're getting there. Uh, just get ready to ask you about that. I'm about to ask you about that, but go ahead. <laughs> for, for a couple of reasons. Yep. So, 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 you know, I, you know, I'm I was five and one against the SWAT, so I talked trash to the SWAT. Right? <laughs> so the tra- SWAT talked trash to me like, all the time, but I'm five and one. The only person that beat me was Air McNair, right? Mm. And that was his freshman year. Alcorn, right? he threw for like four fifty on us. So at Alcorn, Alcorn <laughs> State, so that was the only that was the only SWAT loss that I that I took, <laughs> but. But and we never played Jackson State. But when Deion, Deion was probably my favorite, one of my favorite NFL players uh, yeah, ever. Um, but when he took that job, I said this could be special. Um, and 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 it is special. Mm. But the other connection is uh, his assistant coach is Gary Flee Harrell. And if you don't know who that is, Gary Flee Harrell was one of the ex- most exciting players to ever. Lace it up in the HBCU world. Uh, he played receiver, broke a lot of records, but as a punt returner, kick returner, he was amazing. When he, when he touched the field, we were tired on defense. We stood up and watched. Because, you, you know, you sit down, you can't see. Oh, flea, flea about to get the ball. Oh, oh, let's stand up. Let's go look. Because something <laughs> amazing and electric is about to happen. So flea is the assistant coach down there. So, I was immediately a Jackson State fan. Mm. Um, but the way Dion has galvanized that community, the mm. mayor, the, 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 the businesses, mm-hmm. um, the, count, the, the, the city council, all of those people see the vision, the president, the AD, they see the vision and they've gotten behind it the right way. I love it. Yeah. I'm not sure it happens anywhere else but Jackson State, right? Yeah. But they have started something that I think can change the entire mm. landscape of HBCU. Absolutely. Because now everybody understands the value and everybody understands the the tradition and it's been exposed in a way that it had not been before. Everybody's seen the Bayou Classic during Thanksgiving. Everybody's seen, you know, some of the classes that come on the major mm-hmm. networks. But when have you seen uh, a HBCU 
sell out fifty five thousand a week. Right. That's crazy. When have, when have you seen uh, the ESPN two numbers do better than Power Five schools? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what's happening, and that's why I'm so excited because something I'm passionate about is HBCU sports. You know. You know, I, I'm a, anybody who knows me knows I played football at Howard. I love Howard. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the new coach, Leon Scott. Leon Scott, um, you know, I'm, man, you, you got to get him on, man. He, he's an amazing guy. And when I found out that he turned down Nick Saban to come be his tight end coach to stay at Howard, mm. I drove up to Howard University <laughs> and shook his hand and said thank you. That's amazing. It's coming. Because that kind of commitment has not really been there. Yeah. You know, he said, I came to do this. I want to, you know, I want to change this culture. I want to, I want to win here. And he put it, he put his word on the line and I, I just appreciate it for him. You know, same thing with Kenny Blakely. Oh, yeah. That's a guy. You know, man, he has assimilated into the culture. When I saw him at All-Star Weekend, he had a museum shirt on, right? So you guys know what the museum is, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Right, so he that. had on a museum shirt. He could have put on any shirt he wanted to at All-Star Weekend. Right. He put on that museum shirt. That tells me that he's, he knows this D.C. culture to a point where he, you know, he's comfortable in it, right? And I got I to gotta, I gotta talk to my museum guys because I didn't get – my Curry shoes. Uh, <laughs> Curry came, you guys know Curry came out with a shoe yeah. with a museum theme, with DC theme. Yeah, I didn't course. get my shoes yet, so I got it. Yeah, go ahead. You you can rock those, man. My- I respect it though. But hey, listen, you you just seem like you know what we about to ask you because you you pretty much jumped ahead again, which is cool. Um, <laughs> because no, no, you good. Nah, 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 you you totally fine, man. Because we were gonna ask you. I saw you talking trash to Stephen A on Twitter about what he said about how you like. We gonna say HU after we win or whatever, and of course they won it. So I'm assuming you watched the game, right? Oh, I, I, I was watching the game, mm-hmm. and you know I went in the in the kitchen and I heard Stephen A. talking, <laughs> um, talking. you know, blasting against Howard University. No, they, they they didn't play the best, but dude, this is national TV. You talking about my institution on that? I I wanted to I wanted to get to him. So I, I you should, Twitter's man. Jawan Howard, that dude, man. Through, so. Yeah, Jawan Howard, that dude. You, you should, you should, <laughs> you should. Howard, you should uh, I got your back on that. We, you know, we, we don't want to promote violence, but um, just just based on what you're saying about Jackson State and the movement, the 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 many tickets that are being sold, and again the HBCU Classic game with the NBA. Um, what are your thoughts overall about where HBCUs are headed in general athletics? You got Steph Curry sponsoring the or the donation that he gave mm-hmm. to the. The golf program we had coach per year on, I told you that before. Um, it just seems like yep. we're, we're coming back. And I say that because HBCUs again were on top at one point in athletics. So I know the NIL yep. deal. I mentioned that to you before, um, we came on where you can now make money, of course, off your name, image, and likeness. And I had one guest that said, I think that might hurt HBCUs because the bigger schools can actually get no. you more opportunities. But what do you think about that? No. I, I don't agree with that because I think the NIL, NIL could be a game changer, right? Because look at what Grambling just did. They got an NIL for the entire team, right? They, I mean, the, 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 the AD and those guys are working and I don't know who's, you know, getting the NIL, but mm-hmm. 
that could be something that could attract a guy. Let's be let's be totally honest. You know, I'm, I don't know what these guys are doing now, but when I was getting recruited, guys were getting shoeboxes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, guys were getting shoeboxes, full of money. Yeah, right. Of course. And and if you have a, you know a power five school that has twenty five shoeboxes to give out, they're gonna win. And you know Howard and HBCUs are not gonna have. Many, mm-hmm. I would say not many, but they won't have any shoeboxes to give out. Right. Right? But the NIL is real, and it can happen. And when you have a, a, a number one recruit who's going to Jackson State, and when you have Shador Sanders, that's the, the quarterback at Jackson State, nobody's doing better in that. Well, maybe the quarterback at, at Alabama is doing better, but, like, Nobody's doing better than, than Shadur Sanders. I don't know the numbers, but Shadur Sanders is doing great mm-hmm. from an NIL perspective. Of course. You know, he's probably up there. He's got Brady. He's got Beat. He's got – I don't know what else he's got. But I, I disagree. I think it can be a helpful thing. Now, of course. will all of those big-time donors be able to lure kids? Yeah. But we've proven this year that two of those guys, they didn't get it. Because two of them went to Jackson State that was, you know, on the boards of all of those schools. Yep. So, and you don't need 25, right? You don't need 25 at one school. You need five or six dogs that can compete. And, you know, and this is one thing that, that I liked about what happened with Jackson State. Jackson State had all of those transfers. And what happened in the spring? They lost to Alabama A&M. So mm-hmm. that showed me that, hey, that's a lot more talent down here in the HBCU world than people thought. Because everybody thought when all – they had literally seven or eight D1 players that were playing out of the schools, transferred to Jackson State, and Jackson State couldn't win the swag. That tells you that there's talent there, right? A lot of people just assume because you're not D1, there's no talent there. I tell people all the time, if you go to most of these – HBCUs, the ones can compete. Mm-hmm. It's the deep, yeah. You have problems because you don't have depth. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. When, when we play, how many quarterbacks were better than Jay Walker? Not a lot. Right? Right. Not but lot, the back, if Jay Walker got hurt, then the backup, there was a big drop. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? If, and when Flea, when Flea was at, 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 uh, at Howard, there was nobody that could outrun Flea. Flea ran, ran a sub 4-4, right? I mean, he he was a legit – he played with the Giants for a minute, right? Uh-huh. So, But the drop-off, you know, we had players that, you know, may, may have been better than Flea in other areas. But it's the it's the, it's the depth that, that's a, the biggest difference between the HBCUs mm-hmm. and, and, and the Power 5 conferences or the D1 schools. I'm old. I say D1. <laughs> you good. Yeah. You good. Don't age yourself. Don't age yourself. Don't do that. You, you, still, you still young, brother. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, proud, I'm, proud, I'm proud of my age. Did, I got it's a blessing. In my beard. <laughs> it's a blessing. Hey, this do. has been great to have having you on. Hey, before we let you go, how can folks find your organization on social media and, and other other web uh, sources as well? Yeah, so I'm at, at, uh, I'm at Project Give Back on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can you can find us uh, at Project Give Back on Facebook. 
And, and the website is projectgiveback.org. Mm-hmm. And that, there you can try to check out some of the things that we do. We try to promote our social action events or our community service events on our social media platforms, man. So check us out. And, you know, I would love to connect with you guys and figure out how we can incorporate you into one of our next projects. And we're actually looking for some new projects to focus on the homeless community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always looking for new partners, man. Some of our biggest partnerships have come based on a simple conversation. Hey, we like what you're doing. We want to help. And some of the biggest things that we've done to date have, have, have come from some, some small conversations. So um, my pastor, uh, Edwin Brown, he, he always, uh, excuse me, uh, Bishop Candidate Edward Brown, he always says, never despise small beginnings because you know, a small true. conversation yes. can lead to something big. So, so true. I'm excited, man, and I, I appreciate you guys having me on uh, to talk about this. I'm now, now I'm hooked. I'm trying to figure out how to follow so I can <laughs> hey, hey, do that, bro. We're gonna have you back when we have Coach Scott on. I'm, I'm gonna hit up my brother Derek over at Derek Bryant over at Howard, man. We we're gonna get Coach Scott on, and yeah, man, we're gonna come back and have a good time. Yeah, do that, man. All right, well, you know I'll be in touch. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you know, so you know where we are, man. All right, brother. It's nice to meet you all. Hey, thank you so much. Pleasure meeting yeah, you as well. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Have a great night. I'll be going from HBCUs to Ryan Zimmerman. We'll take out the, the, the transition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, we got it. We, we got, got it. it. You know, last week, that's great. Ryan Zimmerman retired. Um, what do you, what do you guys thoughts? What do you remember the most about Matt Zimmerman's contribution to the Washington Nationals? Uh, you know, I mean, Ryan Zimmerman to me, like I'm an Orioles fan. So to me, he's like at that time frame, it was like who were the leaders of their organization. He was the leader for the Nats, and like Adam Jones was the leader for the Baltimore face Orioles. Face the franchise, yeah, face the franchise. So to me, you know, he was a guy to me that he always resonated. He just, I mean, you thought Washington Nationals, you thought Ryan Zimmerman. Even to me, when Bryce Harper was in town, and he was the sexy name in terms of leadership. When healthy, he was he was the guy. Um, from a phenomenal third baseman before the injury, had to go play first base. Uh, to me, a guy who was a good hitter, you know, about roughly when he went healthy, always about like 290 to 300, can get you about 25, 30 home runs, run, um, always get you a good, I mean, was good with extra base hits. I can, can run, um, can give you over a, a hundred RBIs. Um, obviously the first, you know, the first pick for the Washington Nationals when they came to the, to, to the area, like he was so, he was actually one of my favorite baseball players. When I first saw him play, like I, I, I loved his game. Uh, even when they did the interleague series with the Orioles and Nets, he was the guy I feared. Like he was the guy I feared because he, he, his hitting approach was awesome. Like he would go the other way. Uh, if you, if you, if you uh, hung a changeup or a curveball, he'll smash it, pull it uh, for a home run. He was just a, to me, when healthy, was one of the best third basemen in baseball at that particular point in time. It's a shame that. Um, you know that injury took away, uh, you know that Gold Glove ish type of third baseman because he was he was compared to Brooke Robinson. I don't know if folks should remember that he was compared to Brooke Robinson as, as one of the better uh, third basemen that people have ever seen at that particular point in time. Sweet with the glove, sweet with the bat. Um, um, just cool, you know, a, a cool, a great to me, a very good baseball player. If healthy, I think throughout his career could have been a Hall of Famer. Um, but he did leave off with a, with a World Series championship, so I think that's a that's a cool thing for Ryan Zimmerman. Well, of course, I'm going to go a little, a little cliche here because what stands out to me is the 30-game the history 
I believe that was 2009. And why that was important to me as a DC sports follower, <laughs> it was some tough years across the board. Um, of course, with the, the commanders now, um, <laughs> the, the Wizards, I think that was around the Gilbert Arena's time, but still, you know, it wasn't a lot going on. And that brought Nationals baseball to the forefront. I mean, that history was something that it was followed nationally. So I appreciate his contribution and also his loyalty to the franchise, um, especially dealing with the owners, the learners. And it, it's a lot of reasons why he could have left, chased a ring somewhere else, but yeah. he ended up getting a ring right here and he's going to retire a champion. He is Aaron Rodgers. He is uh, Matthew Stafford. He got that one ring, baby. That's all you need. Yeah. That puts icing on the cake, and I believe he should go to Cooperstown for it. That's tough, though. It is. But I don't want to start no controversy, but I'm, I'm a campaign for my guy. <laughs> you should. Will T., what do you think, man? No, a, when I think of Ryan Zimmerman, I think he, I think of the the face of the franchise, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he he's not a Hall of Famer, but – when we put the, when you started to put together kind of that like that Nationals Hall of Fame oh, or Ring of Honor, yeah, definitely. He's probably he's the first guy Agreed. who I think of when it comes to this team transitioning to being the Washington Nationals franchise. Mm. And he um he's the guy that you know before the glitz and glamour of uh, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, um, Bryce Harper. Um, Jesus Christ, I forgot. Trey Turner, um, all these dudes. Trey Turner, Trey, yeah, Trey Scherzer, Turner, Strasburg, Scherzer, Strasburg. He was Strasburg. it. He was it. Yeah. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy. You know. So, um, kudos to to him. Hats off to him. I hope he remains in the in the area um, because you know he's he's a legend in this area. You know, and I know he went to school in Virginia at the University of Virginia. So, um, well wishes the best to him and his family. Definitely. Um, on on tw- his next phase in life. Definitely. On Twitter, we're talking, we asked, we posed the same question. Um, at, uh, at Shaggy, 90, 15, 16 said, he remembered the 2019 World Series game, uh, game one homer, homer crushed to center field off Garrett Cole and just the crazy uh, amount of walk off homers he hit in his career. Dude was clutch. Um, definitely was. Um, D- um, DC, like, DC for life said, his head, his his heads up infield playing definitely the long ball. Those back to back home runs and in partic- um, participating in. Also, Bob Carpenter saying, "Bang zoom goes the Z man with another home run." Really <laughs> <laughs> put the voice on. I it. I had too. to put the voice on it. But yeah, uh, and also um, the homie Dan Den, you know, right? You know Dan Den. Oh yeah, LA, Dan LA, yeah, LA, LA, LA riots. Um, <laughs> eighth inning, eighth inning pitch it, a pinch hit, bat, uh, broken bat single in the 2019 wild card game against the Brewers. That was a, that was the game uh, changer. So yeah, I mean, like they said, like like everybody, like the folks on Twitter um, tweeted, uh, he's clutch. That's one thing that's dope. But he's clutch. He's not just a guy that. Is out there. We've seen so many baseball players who aren't clutch. He's a clutch baseball player, and to you, which I agree with you, Will T. Definitely, when you talk about the Nats, he's in that ring of, I guess you call ring of honor or whatever oh, you would no like doubt. to call it. No doubt. He's there. He's the first one. He's the first one you have to think of. You know, I know people are so in love with like um, Anthony Rendon. I'm sorry, I didn't mention Anthony Rendon. Like Anthony Rendon and um, uh, Straw. I mean Strasburg, Scherzer. Um, Trey Turner, Soto, Bryce Harper, but that this dude here is the mainstay. And in that run, when they needed to win the World Series, when people were doubting him, when he had, to, they were thinking about he should he platoon, should he start? He was big in that World Series. I mean, that World Series run for a championship. 
and Jason Worth also. Jason Worth too. Jason Worth was the, was the first, you know, star, big free quote unquote, star signing. acquisition. Yeah. yeah, free agent signing yeah. to come to DC. So yeah, even though it didn't really pan out well. Yeah, but, you know. but I mean, the Ryan Zimmerman, um respects to you, man. Hopefully, like Will T said, hopefully he stays in the area. Hopefully, he does some stuff with Masson that he can kind of stay in the area, be that voice for the Washington Nationals. I think that would be dope. Um, just like you know, uh, hopefully he takes over for FP San Angelo. Yeah, is, is that done? Because of whatever, is that done? Oh. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Jamal Howard get a second chance. I'm going to give FP a second chance. I would give him a second chance. I mean, it's. Dan's not a still there. We gonna no, but FP see, FP came chance. back, though. He came back to oh, the end of the I, season. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he, well, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be back in 2022. You don't think so? Dang. That's no, tough, I don't man. think so. Hey, I think they made an announcement. Stuff, stuff happens. Uh, I think they made an announcement. Um, uh, cancer culture is real, man. <laughs> like, they're coming around November or something. Cancel culture is real. That's all I'm gonna say. Hey, it's hey, it's time to yeah, wrap this show up, man. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, um, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to our Urban Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Uh, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Ant Papyri Media at antpapyrimedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Uh, download the podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. All right, man, we appreciate everybody for being on. We appreciate the, all all of our guests. You yeah. all amazing. They were all dope. Um, I pre- always appreciate you all. If, if you went to an HBCU, you should love the show. Put it that Definitely. way. Facts. And, and if you support Facts. HBCUs in a movement, you, you would yeah. love this. And this I appreciate episode. the folks who are uh, tuning in. Also, I want to uh, shout out the homie Owen Young. Yep. He said, "I am so proud of the dude." And teammates, he's talking about uh, Ramson III. Yeah. He said uh, he is truly a, a public servant and not only only talks the talk, but models manhood daily. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, he definitely was a real one and definitely was an awesome and definitely is an awesome individual. All right, anyway, you've been listening listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, mega. Lead us out, big homie.